Welcome to Travel to Timbuktu. I'm your host, Maya. On today's episode, we will hear from Donika Ruth as they retell the story of traveling to Timbuktu. I'm excited to hear about her journey and look forward to learning about what her experience was like. Join us as Donika discusses her voyage on the water, the long trip by foot, and life in Timbuktu. Now introducing Donika Ruth. Today's sponsor is Camille's Camel Shop. Go down there today and get five camels for the price of four. It had already been 10 days since my group and I had departed the bank of the Nile River and started traveling by land to the Niger River. We were starting to run low on food, but were managing to survive by consuming the small local animals. Then we saw the glistening water of the Niger River. We picked up our pace and began to sprint towards it. Several weeks earlier, it was the year 1582 and I was ready to embark on my mission to become a Muslim. I resided in Alexandria, Egypt, and I wanted to travel to Timbuktu to study Islam with a few of my close friends who wished to accomplish the same goal. My name is Donika Ruth, and I was a Christian philosopher before moving to West Africa. I noticed some flaws in Christian belief and realized that I wanted to become a Muslim, which led me to talking to a few friends about moving to Timbuktu. I was able to convince my friends Cleo, Gerard, and Adrian to accompany me. We packed our bags on the first day of the year and left the next day. We made sure to bring a small scroll of paper to count how many days were passing by drawing a small white line for every time the moon rose. Our families were not allowing us to leave Alexandria, so we needed to acquire a boat secretly and sneak out. We had heard of a store from some traders. The store was located around halfway down the Nile River where we could buy food and camels. Once my group and I finished packing, we started walking through the desert towards the Nile River. This would be very little compared to what was to come. When we arrived, we went to the docks where we asked a friend, Arne, to borrow a boat. Arne already knew of our plan and agreed to lend us the boat. I hope to hear from you once you arrive, Arne called to us as we strolled towards the boat. We embarked and set sail down the Nile River towards the store described to us by the traders. It took a few days to arrive, but we finally approached the store. Docking the boat was more of a struggle than taking it out because everyone in my group had very little to no sailing experience at all. We ended up scratching the port side of the boat. The port side of the boat is the left side, which we learned in the small sailing manual that Arne gave us when we left her. When we stepped onto the dock, our legs quivered because we had not been on solid ground the entire boat trip. We entered the store, finally balanced, and bought four camels and lots of food, which we loaded onto the camels. We bought 16 canisters for water, which we filled in the river. Where to, Camille, the store owner, had asked us. Timbuktu, I replied. When we were ready, Camille gave us a star guide as a path which we could use to find the entrance point into the Niger River. My group and I thanked him and hopped onto our camels. Then we rode into the distance, and when we glanced back, we could not see the store anymore. Five days had passed, and we were on track towards our destination. Nothing very eventful had happened, and we sold plentiful food, but were down to half of our water supply. Then we heard some yelling. 
We all searched the horizon for the cause of the noise, and then we saw them. The nomads were approaching. Before embarking on this journey, I had been researching the risks of this trip, and nomads were one of the problems. Most nomads would raid towns and steal from travelers. Unfortunately, this was the case for us. Within 15 minutes, we had nothing in hand but our scroll and were standing alone in the middle of a vast land. We decided that we needed to continue by foot, and luckily, Gerard had a knife on him so we could eat the passing rabbits. After two days of walking, we arrived at a random spring and filled the canteens of water that we had on us. That meant one canteen per person. We were eating well and rationing our water. Every two days, we would find a new spring of water, and rabbits were easy to come by. On the ninth day, we arrived at a water spring just as the moon was rising and we'd found no food that day. We ate almost all of our food for dinner that night and kept walking the next morning. We had almost no food left and were becoming more and more tired every mile we walked. Finally, we saw the Niger River. With all of our energy, we ran towards the river and met with a trader who agreed to bring us to Timbuktu with him. We boarded his boat and fell asleep to the sound of water splashing the sides of the boat when we started moving. Eventually, we arrived at Timbuktu. The town was lively and the people were very welcoming. We lodged at the house of one benevolent citizen until we were able to afford one ourselves. Do you need a place to stay? He had asked us when we arrived. Yes, thank you, Cleo had responded. We soon learned that the name of our host was Assad. The day after we arrived, we started studying at the local university, Sankore, and practiced reading the Quran. We would have been lost without knowing a bit of Arabic, which we had picked up by reading books. After a few weeks, we were able to speak quite fluently. Eventually, I grew accustomed to the way of living. I became involved in trading gold because of the stories spread by traders in the town. After a few months, my friends moved to different parts of West Africa so they could live their own lives. I finally bought my first house. It was rectangular with a flat roof. It had gutters in case it rained. The mosque I went to pray was made of mud and wood. The wood was cleverly positioned so that it could be used as scaffolding. On my first day attending Sankora University, I was surprised by what I experienced. Not only was I with people from West Africa, but I was learning with people from all over the world. I was seated next to a trader who was originally in Timbuktu to trade their salt for gold, but was convinced to stay in Timbuktu to study Islam. His name was Naif. We became great friends, and he told me about the world of trade. We were taught by the professors and always spoke in Arabic. This was helpful because I did not know the local languages, which there were many of. To this day, I still study in Sankor, and looking back on my choice to move to Timbuktu, I believe I made the right choice to leave my family and most of my friends behind to pursue my dream of becoming a Muslim. Whoa, I'm so glad we were able to listen to Donica speak about her trip. I wonder where she will go next. This podcast has been brought to you in partnership with Camille's Camel Shop. Please join us next time as we speak with another traveler on travel to Timbuktu. Thank you.